0: Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper!
1: How's it going, everybody? We are here for another fine episode of the Knife Talk podcast. This is the conversation. This Our conversation is all about knives, answering questions, talking a little shit here and there, just having a good time, trying to keep you, uh, keep you company while you're in hand your blades, doing what you're doing. I am Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts, and as always, I'm here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Mr. Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. You guys, it's crazy times. How's this last week been? How about Craig? You want to kick it off?
0: Yeah, uh, crazy times, as you say. Um, so I've been well, stuck in the house, the same as everybody else. Um, but um, I've been making um, masks for the local hospital and um, doctor surgery here. Um, I know a lots of people are doing everything that they can. And it's, yeah, it's we're just living in this really weird time where every day is melding into one and... I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know what I'm working on today. I'm, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a really really weird situation to be in. Um, I've tried to keep away from the news as much as possible, um, simply because it's 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 all bad news, you know. And there's no uh, there's no advice we can take really, um, apart from stay home and stay safe. So we're doing mm-hmm. that. Um, and we've you know we've got we've got two little ones that are just climbing climbing the walls at the moment. Um, so I've been trying to um, make the garden sort of habitable for them because uh, we are sort of renovating a really old house. It's a sort of 600-year-old house we're renovating. So we've been doing that for, what, th- three years now? And the garden was always going to be the last thing to be done. And as you can imagine, it's just full of all the crap of the house, of renovating a house. It gets thrown straight out into the back garden. Um, so now we're finding we need space for the baby. So we've been, I've been trying to do that as well as a bunch of other stuff. And I'm just tired. I am knackered, absolutely knackered. So, uh, can, I, can I
2: ask you a question about the sure. the, what, the printer? Your print. So you're using your 3D printer to print the the headsets for PPE masks
0: for yeah face shields. Yes, face yeah. shields. Um, basically, the hospital here they have nothing. They have no masks. They have no shields. Um, oh, wow. So everybody and their aunt are making masks um, just with. You know, old bits of material and elastic. Right. And they use them literally disposable. They'll use them for 10 minutes, take them off and use another one um, in the hospital. So everybody seems to be making them. Um, and thankfully, I've got the resources here to be able to make face shields, um, which, you know, they're in desperate need of. So I've done, I haven't slept much in the last couple of days <laughs> because yeah. this machine, I mean, there's not much work to be done. It's literally setting up the machine for every hour um they finish, so you need to reload it and, and get ready for another set um so i'm making about 20 a day at the moment um, wow and i'm hoping mm-hmm. by tuesday because it's needs it's to bank holiday weekend here i'm hoping by tuesday i'll have sort of about about 60 uh to deliver to the hospital um, with the with the screens and everything with the screens and that Look yeah so that's that's you. been a real a real thing the screens, so I've adapted the design to take, um, you, you know, like um, binders and you get the clear yeah. plastic binders. So I've yeah. adapted the design slightly to take one of them, which is an A4 size, a standard size. Um, but you literally can't get them because everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's making the same masks all around the world. Um, so I've, I've got a two week waiting list before mine arrive. So in the meantime, I'm, I've, I've managed to get a big roll of sort of uh, plexiglass, two millimeter plexiglass. It's a huge roll. Um, which means I need to cut it out, and you've got to be careful cutting it because it's chips, and then you've got to make sure the holes are in the right place. So I've just had to set up – got like a little CNC router thing, so I've I've needed to, you know, make the files for that so the holes are in the right places, lots of trial and error. And uh, my head Mm. has just been (laughs) – just trying to get myself – my head around – Three D printing files, amending them. Then CNC files, amending them. They're all different, different st- types of style of file and so on. And it's, my head is just all over the shop at the moment. And yeah, and Good in the meantime, you, in the middle of that, we're, we're, yeah, trying to entertain two little babies as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, I, you know, I can't complain. It's just that I'm busy. Um, but um, it certainly can't complain because a lot of people have had a lot, lot worse. Speaking,
2: um, of, uh, speaking of speaking uh, of kids, if you want to see if you want to see uh, one of the like, great, I will tell you what, Tomer Botner and Noam are awesome. Yeah. Their son Lev is like a firecracker going off all the time. It's <laughs> he, they, they they uh what we talk on WhatsApp and he his son Lev wants to sometimes say hello. Mm. And this kid is like a he's like popcorn. He's like all <laughs> over the place. That poor poor Tomer we gotta we gotta we gotta help him out he he's uh he's trapped in that house with that wonderful
0: little <laughs> ball of energy yeah i think anybody with the kids at the moment they're not used to maybe spending 24 no. hours a day in the same confined space no it's hard work <laughs> and i'm Fuck. sure Morocco feels it as well yeah you two probably
1: huh yeah 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 we we tried doing a a zoom call with family the other day and i think he's we've done a couple since but man he was like you, you describing Tomer's son as popcorn was exactly it. Victor could not, like he wasn't interested in looking at the screen. No. He was just running and popping yeah. all over the place yeah. and being silly and running and jumping on Sarah. And at first it's kind of cute, but then after 10 of them, you're like, all right, sit the fuck <laughs> yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: hard. I mean, you, you can't explain it to children. You can't explain no. that we're not going to school anymore and we're not... Yeah. We can't go see your friends. They don't understand. There's no. How, what do you do?
0: Yeah. You know. Keep them well fed and um, hopefully they'll sleep. That's that's how That's all. Oh here. well, you're at that stage where that's the that, that you got that chance. Oh geez, oh the food. It, all all I hear is Papa, 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 shouted at me for food twenty four hours a that's day. We, we can't give them enough. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the two of them. Ah.
2: Maybe maybe speaking Spanish. Maybe he wants French fries.
0: Yeah, oh, possibly. Possibly, <laughs> um, but talking about you, you said you mentioned um, speaking to your family on Zoom. I did a uh, like a family quiz last night on Zoom, um, and I was I was the host, so I used oh know, I used all this podcast <laughs> stuff. So I had jingles and I had all the stuff going on. We we had a really good time, and uh, for That's sort awesome. of hour and a half, we everybody sort of stopped what they were doing. We we all had a really good fun time. And um, I we're doing the same tonight with Amy's family, um. So yeah, uh, advice to anybody if you can, you know, get speaking to family and so on. That you know that you can't be with, uh, and just just have some fun because it takes your mind off things and um, it gives you something to look forward to a bit as well. Look at True. you,
2: look at you, the game show host.
0: Yeah it, yeah it really was game show it was really really cringy, but uh it was good we we also did the uh the music round then you know what we've done on the on this show before where i play intros to, to songs and stuff P.S. Yes. yes yes
2: i listened i watched your youtube with uh with all the knife talk uh listeners Ah, oh, yes yeah yeah there's there's two there's two moments in that every one of you have the there are two <laughs> moments that i love the most of of that whole it was great. Number one, the one, the one was, what did it, what was that? What was that? You set this guy up for a joke, and he kept on talking. What was that joke you set? You were setting him up for. You know
0: what I'm talking, talking about? Talking about your bolognese, I think wasn't it? He, oh yeah, yeah, he was working with he was working with some chefs on recipes and so on. So I
2: oh, yeah. you set him up saying, oh, you make recipes, huh? And he goes on and on and on, <laughs> and and I can the best part is, it's not that he's going on; it was I was looking at your face. And you were clearly setting him up so you could come back and jack me. And it was, that was my favorite part. It was like, he was like, I could see his face. He's waiting, waiting. Go on. All right, all right, okay. Yeah, we don't care about your recipes. I want to fucking kill Jeff. And then the other part was when you had a question and, uh, and the answer was, was a Corona beer. And someone said Modelo and you just about lost your mind. Oh my God. What are you talking about? Of course it's Corona. Ugh, that yeah. was funny.
0: I was so surprised funny. how well that went. I thought 15 people speaking together um, would just be, you know, a mad free-for-all and everybody talking over each other. Um, but it actually went really well, and I like, yeah, did, did enjoy job. it. It was. It you was, did a great job.
1: A great yeah, you did a stuff. great job. Great. That was
0: fun. So I think I'm going to maybe do another one this week. So this is going out Monday, obviously, as we normally do. So maybe something like Tuesday night, I'll do another one. So if anybody wants to be involved in that Knife Talk together, um, DM your email address and I'll send a, a Zoom invite. Again, the first sort of 15, I suppose, because anything more than 15 could uh, could be a bit much. Yeah. So what about you, Marekko? How's,
1: how's your week been? Um. Well, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll have to start With today and work backwards because I'm not that good at remembering things. But (laughs) all right, so today we're recording. It's Easter morning, and uh, over on the west coast. So we just did a morning Easter egg hunt. This is kind of Victor's three and a half. This is the first time he's ever really gotten into it and really understood. Like I'm looking to collect all these eggs and stuff. The first couple years, he was just like, "What are you doing? Like, what is this? I don't understand what's happening. This is stupid." Uh, he liked the like the little toys and stuff but otherwise he didn't give a shit about (laughs) hunting for eggs and stuff um so we did that it was a lot of fun he got a he got some new toys and it's we you know videoed the whole thing it was pretty cute and his reaction to everything is pretty funny uh i made some you know have you ever seen people do the pancake art like into the pan with the squeeze bottles different colored
2: pancakes Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried doing that, and uh, I made—I tried to make bunny pancakes, and they ended up looking like the horrifying rabbit mask yeah. from Donnie Darko. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh,
1: so I made sure to like cut it up into little pieces before he could really see like this disgusting bunny face, and so yeah, you got to work uh, backwards so, on it.
2: You got to work. I, I I see it, and I'm just like, this is like it's like reverse watercoloring. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how right. you, I don't know how you figure out how to put, where to put everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never done it before. And so I thought I'd try it and it was a horrible fail, failure. <laughs> fun, uh, fun
2: fact about Donnie Darko. Yeah, it was it. I was Johnny. I was Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, summer camp CIT counselor. Really? Oh, that's
1: good. Yep. CIT counselor. What does that yeah, mean?
2: It's this counselor in training. He was when he was in uh city slickers. He was the son in city slickers. And, and funner fact is he was a pain in the ass. And then when the kids used to give him trouble, we'd look the other way when they gave him wedgies.
0: (laughs) So, so, so what was your role? What did you, what was, I was, was, I was one of the I
2: was a CIT camp counselor. So we were, you know, they'd put me in different bunks and I would help the counselors or I was helping with the waterfront or soccer. I did that for a year. Oh Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal, I, uh, I looked the other way while there was ca- Cabin Justice.
1: Is like, he being a little dipshit he's a pain or what? Ass. Yeah, he just, oh, he just
2: got off filming City Slickers and he was telling everybody he's a Hollywood star at like 11, <laughs> 12. And it was just like, I fuck this
0: kid. He was still, <laughs> still bitter about your, uh, you're missing out on your big movie then. No way. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> what was it? the Blue movie Goon. again? What was that Blue oh, oh, Blue Lagoon Blue 2. Blue Lagoon yeah.
2: 2. That uh, was a, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, that was a... But uh, yeah, so sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just a little bit of.
1: No, of no that's good. That's good. So um, you made, the,
2: you made the, the pancakes and they look like. Horrifying crazy. pancakes. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, also, the last few days I've been kind of. So I've been I had been working from my shop, um, but Washington State has a. Uh, what is it? Stay at home kind of situation where unless you're an essential worker, they really want people to try to stay at home. Um, I've been kind of pushing that a little bit since I work by myself in my shop space, um, and it's and my shop is separate from my house, and we decided that you know I really need to just kind of do what's right and try to do what I can to work from home, and so I uh, I've been moving a bunch of stuff, moving again. Fuck, I'm so tired of moving. <laughs> uh, but moved basically all my essential knife making stuff except for my press i got my forge and my anvil and all my hammers and everything else i need at the shop and unfortunately because i don't have my press uh, i can't really work on my standard kind of my normal my my normal work which is like integral bolster chef's knives and stuff which means my order list is kind of on hold for right now and so uh this is uh, which kind of sucks but at the same time it's an opportunity to do some content creation that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it's just, you know, I don't have time to do stuff kind of more instructional or going to kind of doing, doing a more thorough job with my uh, like pattern weld of Wednesday walkthroughs. And so I'm going to start doing some, some kind of uh, informational videos and stuff about blade forging and handle assembly and sculpting and, and finishing and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of like my approach to it. I'm not trying to say like, this is how i like, you got to do it. This is the best way to do it. It's just, just my way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully going to be doing some, some woodworking projects with Victor too. Uh, I have these blanks of like uh, flame maple board, uh, that were guitar seconds, like, uh, like solid body guitar, bot, uh, seconds. And, uh, and we're going to try to, I think I'm going to try to make some, like a kitchen knife set with him and, Get get a, a rasp in his hand And start <laughs> sanding We'll see how long that lasts I, I doubt he's going to be too interested He'll get some dust on him And he'll be like eh, I want to go do something else yeah. um, And then I mean really other than that You know I had that giant knife I've been I, I've been trying to finish out I've been really struggling with getting a, a good Hormone finish on it I was really going for I, I want to get this really high contrast finish But it's such a large blade And it's such an active Hormone I'm just really struggling with it. So fortunately the customer is super flexible and understanding and he and he's not in a rush and he's like, you know what? If if you're okay holding on to it and just kind of working through it, um, I don't want it, you know, and he was like, you know, I don't want it to get in the way of your other work, but if you know, if you want to keep working on it on the side and try to nail it down. So I got it and I'll be working on that and trying to really figure that out uh over the next little bit and yeah, lastly is just that Zoom conversation we did last, I, I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, I, I just, I had a really great time. I, I give a lot of props to Craig, like Jeff was saying. You know, you did a really great job facilitating that and keeping people from, you know, and fortunately you didn't have to like really police anybody. Not um, at all, no. Everybody was,
0: yeah, everybody was very yeah, natural and just kinda,
1: Yeah, exactly. And just keep everybody kind of on task and answering questions or keep or staying on topic. And I think it was really good. It was I like i can't even really think of any moment through the whole thing you know we went well over an hour and well not well about an hour just over an hour um and i don't remember any time where anybody was like it was just a jumble of voices talking over each other was and that never happened Mm. and uh I, i i look forward to you know being part of the next one i think it'll be good I got a feeling that do. when you played the jingles,
2: everyone got a little nervous. I, I got because I, <laughs> trust me, I think that's what happens. Everyone's been listening to the show, and then they see him, and then they not to mention your background and look how professional you are, and they're all like,
0: "I'm not going to say a goddamn thing. I'm just going to sit here and watch." Sure, I so. got I got pretty drunk actually. Uh did. You? <laughs> <laughs> this room nice. that I'm in, it, it's tiny and it gets really hot. So, and you know, I had, it was it was evening, <laughs> so I had a drink, and it, you know, people are chatting away. So you have a little sip, have a little sip, and I had these. It's three massive glasses of red wine, and I was by the end of it. I come out of the room. I didn't realize. Come out of the room. I was like, "Whoa!" My head was spinning. I was uh, <laughs> all over the place. I, was like, woo-hoo! <laughs> I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't
2: have. I wouldn't have thought that at all. I thought you were, I, uh, Yeah. No. Look at was, you.
0: But what, what I really enjoyed about that actually was, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are nervous about the the future. You know, for their career and you know how they're going to survive as a knife maker. And um, that was one of the sort of questions that we we talked about and you know a few people had different ideas of things they're going to be doing and changing things up and um it was just nice to you know to speak to other people in the same situation and um, mm. you know they're, they're coping with it and they've got you know they've got methods to you know keep their business afloat so yeah it was good like so group therapy it was a bit yeah <laughs> it really was and I, I put the video up on youtube so anybody can see it. if they just go to my youtube which is a uh, chop knives they would be able to see it if they want to but yeah i think it's about hour and 20 minutes and it was, it was just a good conversation
2: there you go, there we go. how about wow. you jeff this past couple of weeks have sucked all the dicks all
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. the dicks
2: <laughs> fucking terrible this was probably this 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 the past two weeks have probably fallen down into so one of the worst weeks of what worst couple of weeks of my life easy and it's just and it started with the fact that i mentioned this before uh my wife is a healthcare and uh I guess two Thursdays ago, she started feeling kind of sick, and we we knew we we she and I had been talking about coronavirus and COVID nineteen since January. That's when she she had heard about it, heard a peeps about it in December, from a coworker of hers who has family in China, and they're saying this is something they're worrying about. And you know, she was just like, I don't, "I'm not sure it's such a big deal right now." But We started talking, she and I started talking about it in January, and then by March. February. By February, we were already making plans and, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And in my mind, I thought, you know, the chances of her getting it are very good. And we just had to like, you know, have things in place and what we're going to do. And we're just, you know, she was very careful in regards to, you know, she changed her clothes at her job and left the shoes in the car. And there was a very minimal contact. And we just really, she would, we would leave the house and uh walk the dogs and then she would just like decontaminate herself and we were very careful about it but we knew that it's just you know we'd never know so i guess two thursdays ago she started feeling sick and then then that night she's like i'm not feeling great so the next morning she had a fever so friday morning she had a fever and she was very clear that she was not she had the chills she had the fever she had the cough she felt like shit She had fatigue so she called her, her job and they said, well, come on in and we'll meet you in the parking lot. There's, I guess they had, a there at her, the place that she works at, they have outside testing. She said, well, come right in. We'll test you right away so we can get, you know, figured out. So she drove in, they gave her chest x-ray, no, um, no pneumonia. And then they gave her the swab. She came home Went. we quarantined her on the third floor and we we're just like, all right, clearly she's sick. So... We didn't hear back from the hospital, the result, you didn't get the results back for like four days, which is like totally crazy, but well, you know what you didn't do. The hardest part was Saturday night, or Friday night, she had incredible night sweats, and night sweats, you think you're just, you know, sweating at night, but it was like, she woke up and she said, it was like, I had gotten a bucket of water d- drenched on me, you know, we changed your sheets mm. and yeah. masks and the whole thing. So the problem was is we didn't, and I take, I kind of take a lot of responsibility for it. I should have used my head and, and, you know, we were making her drink a lot of fluids and so but it wasn't enough. She started to become very, very, very afraid and very lightheaded. And she became very uh, dehydrated to the point where she thought she was dying. And it was, it got to the point where she was just like, I need to call the, I need to call the the paramedics because it's a very good chance that this thing kind of backslides in a certain way that that's one of the things is when it gets to a certain point it slides to a very you know dangerous situation so i, I said why well, are you sure and she said call the paramedics my daughter's in the backyard with the dogs you know she's upset hillary's in the front with the mask with the with the th- i mean it was like the most intense moment of all time and they made the decision. Hillary and the the the, the paramedics were just like, "Look, your very your your blood pressure is very low," um, but there are a lot of other people who in you know, a worse situation that are going to need your bed. And, she, and Hillary was just like, "I'm going to. It's just my blood pressure. I'm just going to." She was really kind of pretty out of it. We got her upstairs, fed her lots of water. I sat with her on the other side of the room where I was wearing a mask. She was wearing a mask. Lots of water, juices, things to kind of like. Rehydrate her, and I was just. She had heart palpitations, and she. It was really a terrifying, t- totally terrifying. My kid is downstairs; she's totally upset. Yeah, you know, and um, it was like Saturday and Sunday of just like bringing her things and calming her and talking to her and trying to get her to breathe and not think about things. And she was going down a really bad pathway, and it was. She felt like I mean, the physical part of it was. She's like, it just doesn't feel like anything I've ever had. before So we got past Monday and they said, you know, they gave us the results. Yeah, she got COVID-19 and we just kind of like, I've been, you know, cleaning. And it's, it's the strange part is, um, you know, you guys, you know, you're in your homes, you know, you're, you're, you, you don't, you want to, you got to go out to get food and stuff like that, but you're, you're afraid of, you know, am I going to contaminate this or am I going to, how am I going to bring this into my home? But in my mind, it's in my home the enemy is in the, on the third floor, this invisible. And am I cleaning things correctly? Am I washing my hands? Right. Is I'm yelling at my kid, Lila, wash your hands again. Or if I touch this and then what about the tops of this? And every, you know, we give one bathroom. So every time Hillary needs to go to the bathroom, I decontaminate the whole bathroom. Did I get it right? And I've washed my hands enough. It's this constant feeling of, am I, am I doing enough to protect my, my daughter and myself and it was like, it was just, ter- I mean, it was internal turmoil the whole time. Um, it took a few days before she got her, you know, her, 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 uh, her, uh, her what? Her appetite back. And it was just like, you know, there was, there were nights where I woke up in the middle of the night and just kind of like checked on her. Mm-hmm. There was nights where I had nightmares that she was dead in her bed. There were mm-hmm. like, I mean, it was, a, this is probably the most intense two weeks week and a half of my life or without question and it's hard on my kid and and then what say today? say Saturday I oh, say Sunday so so yesterday was the first day she came outside and one of the and she started to realize about five days into it she's like she started to do some research and stuff like that and a lot of people are saying and this is what people don't realize and this is what you're gonna find out you gotta rest is important but you gotta get off your back. You have to be able to, you have mm. to start moving yourself around because what happens is it starts to, if you're lying on your back, all those secretions start to kind of like come in your lungs. And that's why these guys have all these problems going into the hospital needing, needing the, 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 uh, the, the fucking ventilators because their like lungs are fucking destroyed. So getting up, she was trying to do a lot of very light yoga and just standing and not sitting around. She's just pacing the the room like a, like a mental patient and, she kind of built herself up to like be able to, she stand outside like yesterday for the first time and it was like super emotional. And then this morning she went on a long walk with us and you know, it's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. And, um, I'm I'm glad we're, 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 we're cautiously optimistic. And the crazy thing is, is because the medical industry is so crazy, they've been calling her to get her to get back to work. (laughs) <laughs> you know, three days after Christ. the diagnosis because they, they're so desperate yeah. yeah so she's she's been like conscious of that and she just doesn't want to you know her most of the people in her office are all out they're all, everyone got i mean the whole office got it so she's just trying to like be really um mindful about you know coughing and she's wearing a mask and she's still on the third floor she doesn't want to fuck with that, any part of the house and um she's you know trying to this is Sunday she's trying to make sure she can get back to work on Tuesday cuz she people need need the help you know and she just wants to fucking get in there and help and she also thinks that you know because she's already had it she'll get some the antibodies to be immune to it and she'll be a little bit more
0: helpful hmm. but feel free to ask questions scary times man Jeez. oh it was
2: fucking terrifying yeah. i mean it was terrifying it was some, there was a there was a lot of hairy moments there was a lot of hairy moments and and it's like the funny thing is, is we would, you know, we'd have a hairy moment and then I'd sit on the other, in the other room, in the other part of the room and we'd just talk and talking through masks and rem- remembering being through 9-11 together and kind of like both of our parent, both of our fathers died. So we were both there for each other for the the death of both of our parents. I was the one who had to break to my wife. Her father died. I got a call from, <laughs> you want crazy? I got a call from the the, the coroner's office. The sheriff's office in a small town in Wisconsin, and the family wanted me to break the news to to her that he had died. So I had a, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you motherfuckers! You this isn't your job, sheriff. Come on, man, what are you doing?" So I was the one who had to break it to her. And it's like we've been through so many crazy experiences, and this is just this this particular one is crazy because everyone's going through it. Mm. Yeah.
0: So have you been tested yourself? Is there testing for family members of people who who get it?
2: awesome question hopefully within the next week um some of the labs there's a there's some of the labs should be getting antibody tests Mm. and we're hoping that i can get it and hillary lila can get it because we might have had it i mean we the are the symptoms that we've had um lila felt like shit one day but not like crazy you know not like chills and i had chills one night for a little bit but then i thought maybe it's because i was sitting in the chair too long and you know I don't have any taste right now. Hmm. I set you up for a good one, Craig, and you fucking <laughs> see, dropped it off. I didn't think it's
0: appropriate for a, a joke. I at the fucking every. <laughs> listen,
2: you swing at jokes, man. If I always say when there's time for when you you don't fucking you don't you got to swing at pitches. If one comes to you, you fucking swing. So yeah, so I don't have any taste, and uh um, but other than that, we're gonna try. I try also, she said there was a. There is there's this company that's going to be doing a, a trials, and they're going to they're inviting people to submit, and I I submitted to be part of this trial to see if we had, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother anybody. I don't have any symptoms, so there's no point in me getting it, getting you know, going and bothering anybody. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but a, a part of me thinks number one, I'm too much of a slob. To have hermetically sealed her in the third floor, and Lyle and I have not. You know, I'm just like looking at every knob in the fucking house, and I'm num- I'm the number one knob, and I'm. I'm just. I'm thinking there's germs everywhere, and I'm just like there's just no way. There's no way. There's no way that I did a good enough job that we didn't get it.
0: It, it seems so. to me, from what I can gather from, you know, what I've seen on the TV and stuff, that it's, if you get it, you either, you know, it's very, very mild or it's the complete opposite, you know? It'll knock you out. And it doesn't seem to be, it, it doesn't seem to be if you're fit or, you know, if you're of a certain age. Maybe if you're slightly older, it could knock you out a bit more. But it just seems that you're either more susceptible to it or you're not, you know? It, it's either one or the other. And, yeah, it's just it is just scary to think that, you know, it's... It's coming in to to, to to everyone everybody's gonna know somebody affected by it if, if they're not themselves yeah. but it um, doesn't
2: follow it doesn't follow the course of a normal like a flu or something like Hillary's just like it, it's 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 something that doesn't follow along the path that it normally follows so like somebody like she had she didn't have um pneumonia, she didn't have uh may I mean she had a cough, but I mean it wasn't crazy. And she had, you know, more GI problems. She was barfing and stuff like that. I mean, some people don't have that at all. Yeah. And then there's these weird, the real thing that's very, uh, everyone has is these incredible waves of symptoms. So, like, she'll have, she had waves of of fatigue and then headaches, and then they'd go away, and then, and then it just come back. And, and it was like, it was just constant. It was like eight days of these symptoms just coming back and coming back and coming back and a lot of people are having the symptoms where they're the symptoms are changing down in the second week so it's i think it's you know this is something that has not been on this planet i mean i'm not the one saying it i mean it hasn't and it's just the the problem and my personal opinion is is we're going to look down this you know six months to a year down the line we're going to start to see that the, the people who are affected are the ones who are out of shape they got diabetes there there's uh poverty is is you know there's the poverty is going to be an issue there's a lot of things that are you know putting people in a position where they're going to be less they're going to be more inclined to get this and suffer from it
0: is is the thought process that once you've had it you'll develop the antibodies to never have it again or is it going to be like a seasonal thing? Do people think? Whereas, like the flu, you can catch flu multiple times. Is you know, I've kept away from the news purposely just because it's it's all bad news. But do either of you know what the?
2: They don't. I mean, they don't know. They think that the antibodies now will prevent you from getting them again. But I mean, that's what Hillary said that I shouldn't be infected. They should. The antibodies shouldn't allow the the COVID nineteen to infect me now. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's no one knows any. I mean, even fucking Fauci, smart guys, like, I've been doing this for 50 years. This this thing has got me confounded.
1: Yeah. Something um, I heard some scientists talking about because, I mean, realistically, they're still learning about it all the time uh, is that it could, you know, you can build antibodies against this strain, but like the flu, the flu mutates, and that's why they always encourage people to go back every year to get vaccinations because it changes year to year. Um, and so that, you know, you can, you can grow an immunity to this one, but it, as it changes, you know, it, there is a possibility for it to come in, to become a kind of a seasonal thing that whatever it changes into down the road, um, you could get it again. And so, you know, I think we were
2: just, on, I mean, there's just such, there's such little data. There's such little yeah. data that it's just going to take a, quite a while for there to be any like reasonable protocol, you know, and yeah. you know, it just, it sucks. It sucks. It, it sucks because the one thing that sucks the most is, is especially when you're in quarantine is you're not allowed to be there for other people. So we couldn't, we couldn't, I, you know, when the, when the, when the paramedics came, my daughter was a fucking wreck and I, and I held her and I was like, I'm not, you know, that's just, we're, we're doing, I mean, I was there for her. she was, yeah. Yeah. Seeing her mother getting into a fucking ambulance, I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't give a, I'm not going to i do not i am not going to 6 feet away, come on. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, get over here. You know, and <laughs> so it, it's, you. there's some things that you can't do. Like my friends whose sister died, she couldn't have people there to help her grieve. This is a very, very, you know, this goes against our, our nature as social people to be able to help each other physically. You know, so. It's, it's fucking tra- it, the whole thing's crazy. It's tra- it's tragic and it's crazy and it's it's intense. And the fear that people have, you know, part of it's from the you know Hillary was f- afraid because a lot of it was because because there's no r- hard evidence, there's no hard data. I mean, she's a data. She was an epidemiology graduate student. She has a master's in epidemiology. She don't fuck around. Like her friend is her her person she works under is the lead epidemiologist at her hospital. And they talk because Hillary's done it. She's afraid because there's not enough data. And, 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 and the problem is, is we just don't know. And it's like, how do you treat these fucking people? And how do you calm people down? And what's the course of action when you're at home? Because the the real thing is, is people just think, all right, I'm going to just take a nap and watch the TV. But I mean, you got to get off your fucking back because that's when that's all of a sudden, you're you're not going to be able to breathe. Yeah.
0: I think there's a big problem with... Just fatigue, people just being at home as well, and just thinking, "Well, you know, I've been here at home now for three, four weeks, yeah, and, and I'm fine." So they'll generally start taking more risks, maybe getting out a bit more, just because they're they're bored of it, you know. And I, that that's a worry to me.
2: Well, I'll tell you right now, because Hillary's up and around, we went for a walk with her. We stayed, we you know, she was wearing a mask, and we stayed like you know, ten feet away from her. I'm starting, and because I'm thinking to myself, all right, she's had it for eight days. The incubation period could be between a week and two weeks. And I've yeah. been sleeping in the goddamn bed with her for, for weeks, But you know, years before that. Shouldn't I have already had it? And should I be more relaxed in regards to my, how I clean the house? Like, what the fuck do I care now? You know, there there's these strange, your, your mind goes into these strange places and you just, you have no idea. Yeah. You know?
0: So what what's the situation there in the US at the moment with regards to lockdown what what can and what can't you do?
1: Where do you begin? Well, yeah. Well, uh in Washington, even though it's one of the first places, I think one of the first cases was in Washington state. Um it's amazing, at least in my my city, like my wife went to Costco the other day to just get grocery, you know, last time we were at the grocery stores a month ago. And now she she's going to load up for the next month just to just to prevent us from having to go uh, unless we absolutely have to. And, you know, they're still they're dummies kind of walking around. No, you know nothing. Covering their face, uh, the stores done. The stores have done, I think, really great job trying to make sure people are keeping their distance. They have, like, in Co- our Costco, they got a whole grid marked out as to how, like, how far is six feet. So you know, yeah. you know, not getting too close to people, and stuff like. That. And they restricting the numbers going into the stores. But you know, my my wife was all geared out with mask and gloves and sanitizer and shit. And there's just people walking around like it was a normal. Tuesday afternoon going grocery shopping and it's just like holy smokes there's like so many people still not taking it very seriously and, and the reality you know yeah, I don't know it, it, like we've stated like we just don't know enough about it and and you, the the exposure risk that you're creating for other people um, I mean I think it, it's unnecessary and, it, and I think people are really struggling with you know, the, you know, the shift of what, what we have to do um, versus what we would rather do or what we're used to doing. And the reality is like, it's not about you. It's a, it's about everybody, you know, you know, sorry, but you know, wearing a mask is the, probably the best thing any of us can do for one. Like, you just don't know if you got it and who, you know, who you've exposed yourself to and who you're, you know, or who you might get it from and but around here amazingly people are still very kind of like relaxed about it people i do see people like when they're walking on the sidewalks going you know we can still go for walks and get fresh air and exercise and stuff and people are doing really big loops around each other you know somebody will be on the sidewalk another person in the neighborhood because the traffic's pretty slow right now they'll loop out into the street if they're going the other direction and passing each other I don't know. We don't have, the Um, problem
2: is with the the gloves and the masks, or we don't have, there's no, no one's has any etiquette on what you're supposed to do. People are constantly using gloves and masks, but they're using them incorrectly. You know, they're in the supermarkets and then they touch the food and then they put it back and then they touch their phone because they're answering their phone. And then they put it back in their pocket. And then by the time they get back out, they undo their gloves and they put their phone in their ear, but they've already contaminated their phone. It's, there's yeah. a lot of, and then these morons wearing their masks over their face, with the fucking thing under their nose, like they're wearing their backpack with one <laughs> strap on. It's like, it's it, people are, uh, you know, people aren't really. It it there's there's this a lot of there's a a lot of happy ignorance too, which is, yeah. you know. Fine by me. But at the same time it's like the problem in the United States is is we've been left to the devices of our own states. So that there's no there's no one uh the the, our president isn't giving one order to everybody. You know, so it's like the states are on their own and they're making their own decisions. And in in the case of New York, you know, our, I was not a fan of uh, our governor when he first came in, but he's been doing an awesome job. Very reminiscent of Mayor Giuliani during nine eleven. Didn't like him either until he was until we needed him. He's doing an awesome job, kind of being there for the citizens of um, New York State. Uh, I really like his. I like his uh, his toughness. I like his. He's also very. Uh, he's tough, but he's very firm, and he's also very caring. And he's, you know, he's, he's very visual. It's very calming when you see him and he's been getting a lot of good reviews, but in regards to other States, you know, I know I'm very impressed with Montana for, you know, they did a shelter in place, like, uh, you know, like almost like a few weeks ago. And it, it's like, you know, there's a lot of places and I know that California is actually, they they're doing pretty well right now. I'm under the impression of, and that's incredible to me, but uh, I can go anywhere. Oh. You know, the, the stores aren't open. The restaurants are open for uh, pickup and delivery. i uh, pickup. pick up liquor stores are open for curbside pickup, but there's no stores open, but I'm not getting stopped in the street.
0: Right. You know? Okay. So that's maybe the difference over here. Yeah. So we, we sort of went on lockdown maybe a couple of weeks before you guys. And um, so uh, at the moment, and I think things are going to change tomorrow because there's a big um, announcement from the president uh, Macron tomorrow um so at the moment we're allowed out of the house for maximum one hour per day we're not allowed further than one kilometer away from the house you need to go out on your own um you need to have um a bit of paper or or an app actually they've got an app now and you you fill it in and it it logs the time and where you are and it's got a qr code so when the police or the army stop you they can just scan the qr code without having to get too close that kind of thing um but yeah, I mean, regards to shops, store, everything is closed apart from a few of like grocery stores, um, and they've got the army and the police there, sort of checking everybody as they come in uh, to make sure you haven't been um, more than once a week. <clears throat> Excuse me, wow. you don't allowed in once a week. Um, but just just a few days ago, they announced in Paris because obviously it's, it's far more the population is far more dense there. Um, they actually pulled the, the one-hour exercise, so you're not allowed out of the house at all at the moment. Oh, my God. And I can imagine that's what the uh, president is going to say for the whole of France tomorrow. They're they, mm. they, they geared up for this big this big thing tomorrow. Can and you a, imagine can only... the
2: smell in that fucking city? Oh, Paris is
0: bad enough anyway. <laughs> those Jesus. motherfuckers, those motherfuckers <laughs> in
2: those apartments. Oh my God, uh, those yeah. French stink bad as it is. <laughs> Fuck me, that has got to be, those apartment buildings have got to be just like a
0: sweat bomb. I can't imagine being in a, a ass small, in underwear. Oh, small apartment oh, with God. no outside space. <laughs> um yeah. and especially you know having kids as well you know i i, I just can't imagine with no foreseeable end they, you know, they're not saying you know this is for the next week they're saying this is you know until we say um so yeah it, it is must opens the
2: window it smells like shit <laughs> <laughs> fuck me god damn like a paris subway station oh jesus <laughs>
0: But uh, we've, um, we've got like a, 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 we set up, well, Amy did, my wife, set up like a decamina- decontamination sort of station here. So when we do go out that once a week to get the groceries or whatever we need, um, everything's wiped down and all the rest of it then before it's put into cupboards and, you know, we can strip off our clothes and get the shower and all the rest of it. So we've being as careful as we can. But it, it, like you said, it's just mm-hmm. that unknown. It's, it's just crazy. And, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Yeah. And what in the
2: supermarkets that you've been going to, what are you noticing that's it's that you can't get a hold of and i'm gonna do an early beef beef they're, <laughs> they're pretty
0: well stocked <laughs> i've got to be fair i think um because people aren't aren't literally just aren't going out so they're not just going out you know just casually shopping um they're pretty stocked with everything you need really are so yeah i think we're quite fortunate in that way because i know there's some areas where that you literally can't get hold of stuff and there's a bit of a panic what um,
2: have you noticed anything moreko
1: In the stores that you can't find um, I, I don't think, you know, I think we were able to find everything we were looking for. One thing that was surprising is that all of the spam is just gone. Like, what? Just, there's no spam. Ever. <laughs> there's all kinds of everything else, but no fucking Jeez. spam. This is
0: Hawaii? Jeez, Louise! <laughs> Do you mean the spam as in the, like, the tinned meat? Yeah. The yeah, of meat. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Who's buying that shit?
2: The deliciousness. <laughs> the, the Hawaiians. <laughs> calm down, Craig. Jesus Christ. We've already gone after the French. You can't go after the Hawaiians, too, right off the bat. <laughs> well, i tell you what. New York, we got, or my area, uh, there's no toilet paper or paper towels. And P.S., big shout-out to Mert Tansu who tipped me off in January about all this. And he, he convinced me to buy. I bought some toilet paper ahead of time. But uh, one of the things in this goddamn area of mine is there's no fucking flour. All these assholes think they oh, can they wow. can bake bread, and I know they can't bake bread. I haven't seen anybody <laughs> posting any pictures of their <laughs> shitty bread, and it's annoying. My kid and I want to make some fucking pretzels, and we can't get any goddamn flour because everyone thinks that they're fucking you know boulangers. For God's sakes, it fucking sucks. It's just like God damn you people. And I was I talked to my butcher, who's a super good dude. I'm making him something. One thing he was starting to say to me, um, he's, he's an awesome guy. Anytime I need any, and I also, he offer he says, if you need anything, get me. I don't want anything. Don't, I don't want any special. Don't worry about me. I'm going to make him a knife. And he was telling me that the drivers are now starting to get sick. Mm. So a lot of supply chains are going to start to slow down because the drivers are getting sick. And it it really dawned on me, and I'm wanting to know what you guys think, and I was talking to my wife about it this morning. We were sitting outside uh, enjoying the sun, and she was just like, you know, it was totally, I mean, she she hadn't been in that fucking room for eight days. So totally narcotic sitting in the sun, and we were talking about it, and I was like, you know, I'm convinced that the key to the future to a lot of these places is, and I've noticed it because I've been super involved with my local community, is these small community These small community uh, artisans and craftspeople and uh, food people. And it's going to be taking away a lot of the distribution. And, like, I got a baker. A friend of mine just opened up a bakery down the street. Guys like him, the restaurant people, you know people, you're taking care of people. I feel like there's going to be a lot more about the local, the importance of these kind of local communities and being a little bit more um, self-sufficient. Sure. You know what I mean?
0: I'd like to yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, there's unfortunately there's there's two big supermarkets in my area. One is you have to drive to, and one of them you can walk to in town. The one you can walk to in town uh, is more is you know it's really good supermarket they have great stuff, but it caters more towards um, the Latino communities, uh, people who are living a little closer to in in the city itself, and they closed because the manager died of the manager. God rest in peace died of coronavirus, but they, but they were having so much, they couldn't clean the place. They couldn't figure out a way to keep it very safe. And what happened mm-hmm. is, is it, it created this incredible vacuum for food because people who are walking there now, no, no longer have a place that they can shop. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting because I mean, we don't have the army out. I mean, I don't really, the, the only times I see the police or when somebody calls the ambulance and they're out in their PPE helping, you know, facilitate something. But there's no way for you to, you know, these people aren't going to take taxi cabs through the supermarket. It's just too much, you know. No. Um, I just think that the, these, I'm dealing with, you know, my friends who are at these restaurants and we're, you know, I'm constantly talking to them and promoting them and trying to help them out and stuff like that. I, th- I really feel like the key is especially are these creating these tighter communities where they're not, you're dealing with, um, you're dealing with specialized. You're dealing with specialized products from people who know who their customers are. Hmm. Like they have relationships with their customers.
0: That's a village mentality. So you get everything within your village.
2: I think that that might be, I think that's going to be much more popular than these strip malls with the fucking you know chia whatever and the yeah. you know the all the big shop where you don't know people. But you start to develop, I. My, my coffee shop that I deal with—they know every single customer they have. They know them, my name, and they know what they drink. So you're creating this kind of relationship. Same thing with the restaurants. I call up the pizza place. Hey, Jeff, what do you want? You know, that's going to be the key to the future in regards to how
1: we're going to deal with this as as groups. It's like your local community. Right. Something I've been seeing that I I think is going to be really positive too you know i i I, before all this happened you know you i feel like i keep hearing more and more like arts programs losing funding at public schools and you know more focus on standardized testing and losing music programs and shit like that but what is happening when we're all stuck at home everybody's they're using their creativity to help cheer each other up and take care of each other and support each other through entertainment, through drawing illustration, you know, my goal with all of this, uh, like forging stuff, you know, there are a lot of people who have, you know, have invested in a, a simple forging setup or grinder setup. And, you know, maybe they don't necessarily have the best instruction. And I, that's, the, it's the only thing I can really think of that I can really help with is by j- just trying to put out some solid information out there for people to really to, to learn from. But I, th- I think I think this is going to kind of create a, a kind of a renaissance uh, around the arts and, and, and creative endeavors and, and people, I think, hopefully recognizing the real value of that over fucking standardized testing, because, you know, what is that? Yeah, yeah we could go into that. but, but I, yeah, the, to, I mean, but it's just, I, just I agree with you about a that boost in the arts is going to be really positive.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you in regards to that. We can just kind of dip in tiny, tiny. And I'm totally from you know came from you know dyslexic and I learning disabled and all that. They do need for the masses. You do need a type of metric to to, to see how how the schools are doing. So that that's in my opinion, it's like you kind of have to have some metric so you can you know it's a degree of you know like when you go to the ABS, you know you, you have to have some metric to whether or not you're passing or not. So that's one thing. I, I, I totally think that this is going to uh, make people much more self-sufficient. And I, I would imagine you have to be. People are learning how to cook. I, you know what the funny thing is? And you They're you learning how to get- bake bread. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I better see some fucking good bread in peak school because it's some bull. I, I'm convinced it's also bullshit. I'm telling you, I, I know for a fact. Like, I, I said to the butcher. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with the? All of a sudden, these guys know how to bake. But um, the funny thing is, is you know, everyone's doing Instagram live, and some of these guys are doing a terrible job. Um, but <laughs> but some of them, you know, you're learning how people are learning how to cook, and I so you're seeing some of these like professional chefs do their own TV show. On Instagram Live, or and some yeah. of them are awful. Some of them, I mean, there it's how, that to me is my favorite is these guys who normally are on TV, <laughs> and they're doing it themselves. It is
0: bad. Well, it is real bad. Jamie Oliver in the UK, he's um, he's having a TV show on every on the networks, you know, a real TV show, and it's actually been filmed by his wife on her phone, and they're putting that out on the TV.
2: It's yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. crazy. I tell you what, not too long ago, and I, I texted you immediately. I texted you immediately. Because Jamie Oliver did a live with Oprah. Oh, yes. And I just caught it. She could have been the worst cook I'd ever seen in my life. And the funniest part was he kept on being so – he got like he got like 40,000 people watching. He goes, oh, good-looking, good, darling. Oh, yeah. oh the beautiful, darling. Oh, isn't that, isn't that wonderful? She's shaking the shit. It's going everywhere. Do I put it in now? No, no, no. Oh, sure, sure. He's being so calm, and I'm just waiting for him to say – Dude, you're not listening. Oprah, you're not listening at all. What are you doing? That would have been so much. He was being so nice. Oh, look at you, girl. Go, girl. It was great. And she was just, I, the food was everywhere. It looked like shit. And everyone was sit- commenting saying, like, why does his look like different than hers? How come she's not listening to him? It was fantastic. That was one of my favorite things. I was like, oh, God, I wish Craig was watching this. He was such a good natured dude. And he was really trying to be like, he had to like thread the needle. Like, this is Oprah. I can't yell at her.
0: Yeah.
2: But she's doing a terrible (laughs) job. You know,
0: Uh, he was trying to
2: get her to, he was trying to get her to flip shit in the pan. And it was like, I was like, please go everywhere. Please go everywhere. And it was, (laughs) it was, I mean, it was like a disaster. (laughs) You were
1: waiting for the train wreck. (laughs) Oh,
2: it was fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: It was fantastic. You know, it was interesting what you just said about um, schools and standardized testing and so on. And you, you know, about a metric and, you know, obviously we need a metric, but if we look at like Scandinavian countries, their metric is is happiness. It's it's not about your mm. your net worth. Your your net worth is your happiness, how happy you are. It's not it's not a financial thing or, you know, what you can bring to the world. And I just think lots of people are at home now and they're being creative out of necessity. They've got all this time and they need to fill the time. So they're just being creative no. and whether they're they're making things or whether they're drawing, painting, or even doing like a jigsaw puzzle, just just being creative in some way. I think, yeah, going forward people are gonna to start to realise that the value in that, not just in making them happy, um, but giving them a sense of sort of achievement in things as well. Whereas, you know, a lot of people do a nine to five job which they don't enjoy doing, and there's no achievement in that at all, you know. They don't feel as if they've achieved anything at the end of the day, they just punched punched in and they've and they've earned their money. So I, I think yeah, I think people's attitudes to, to makers will change. Um as more and more people are as just as a necessity having to having to just make stuff fulfill their time, right? Let's hope so, eh?
2: Speaking of making something, I watched. The, I finally watched the rest of Tiger King <laughs> last night. But, you know, you haven't
0: finished because today they they put more episodes up of well, something.
2: Well, well, I I just we I think we just lost we lost Moreco. Oh,
0: geez, yes. All right, fine. We'll keep going. Y- yeah, you carry on so, and you jump in.
2: So, so. I, my, so I told my wife, I said, listen, I'm going to be doing the podcast with the guys. Can I borrow the computer? She's had the computer the whole time. And uh, she said, yeah, it's just, you know, so I did last night. I grabbed it. I decontaminated de- de- it. And we've been on my daughter's computer and we couldn't remember the, we've been on my daughter's computer. And we couldn't remember the, the Netflix anything. We couldn't, and we didn't want to deal with changing the password. So we were stuck with the Amazon Prime on her computer. Finally got this computer back. And uh, I've watched the rest of Tiger King. It is not a great show.
1: It is not a great
2: show. It is not a great show. And the end was certainly not that compelling. The last two episodes were not that compelling.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think what people, you know, when you normally, when you watch a TV show, there's a beginning, middle and end. And, you know, there's a bit of sort of drama involved and a bit of uncertainty and it all resolves at the end. But this is this is just real life. It's just documentary following people, and um, I loved it. I, for me, these characters are just so out of another world to me. Right? You know, yeah. I bet in the in the US you, you get see, you know, similar characters, maybe. But for me, these are these are aliens. These are people. That they're like Jesus. These are humans. The these Wh- these which walk and did- shit just like me. It's crazy. <laughs> which
2: <laughs> which which ones did were the ones that you became the most
0: compelled by? weirdly the uh the documentary maker he he sounded like a simpsons character he was a very strange man him yeah um the uh the, the carol carol baskin yeah i mean that there's there's a whole new sort of series about her i think um she's
2: she's gonna have a hard time getting past it i feel yeah. like they're all gonna have a hard time
0: getting past this yeah yeah, it's it is yeah, it is just crazy. But just today I noticed um I had a notification from Netflix that they've they've put up more ep- more episodes or like a another documentary all about about uh, Joe apparently. So um yeah, there's more to watch apparently. He
2: uh he reminded me my dad my dad had a uh my dad was a winemaker a long time ago. When before when he was alive obviously. And he had I I he used to get a lot of dudes very you know these down and out guys who just like it it, 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 i I recognize a lot of the traits in these misfit kind of characters and it it comes from this sense of always being a misfit maybe being lousy at school or being weird or having you know a haircut that's weird just this constant like backslide of being this pariah this pariah in in your family and your society and being chastised and being just like beaten down and then you are just like kind of slip farther and farther into being like this misfit i know guys like that i i've met guys like that and it's just like they have this sense of uh what i get, got from the whole thing is these guys they crew they found this like the power which is these fucking cage tigers and that the, the, the people are interested in them only because these goddamn tigers mm. And then, and then they've used it to like solidify their fucking antisocial weirdness, and to justify it, and to
0: be—it's—it's—it's it's, it's all very gross. Ultimately. And they all band together. You see, and and Joe specifically was sort of trying to find these people, you know, to to make his sort of band of brothers, so he'd have some sort of control he- as the king of these these king of the shitheads. You know? <laughs> king of the shitheads yeah.
2: would have been a much better title (laughs) king of the shitheads would have been such a better title how did he turn those guys into being
0: gay apparently they weren't or i i i do not know i think a lot of meth was involved maybe i I don't know but uh, how did they do that almost it's bizarre like a cult wasn't it you know he's a sort of yeah very very strange all right so there you have it fucking tiger king i'll tell you what i did watch
2: that i loved which was on uh, amazon prime uh, the Boys, it's about this, like, what is what is going on? What's up? Sorry, go ahead. My, 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 sorry. I was watching this show called uh, Amazon, uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was great. It's about, like, superheroes that, like, go bad, and it was by this comic artist named, uh, writer named Garth Ennis, and it was a really, really great show. I
0: enjoyed that very much. But other than that, I didn't watch shit. Yeah, I haven't really been watching anything this week. Uh Mareko, have you seen Tiger King yet? Uh
1: I have not, oh. and I'm not really too interested in watching it.
0: You have made the
2: right decision because we because I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want the I didn't want the uh animal abuse. Yeah. But it's more about you just it's like I mean, do we really need to watch these guys with three teeth? It's just like totally deranged. <laughs> It's you're better off. I tell
0: you what, shall we talk about knives? That's why we're here, I suppose. You know,
2: if you want to. (sighs) You don't like life talk? I like knife talk. (laughs) Yeah. We (laughs) We call this episode not knife talk this episode. Yeah. We We haven't done one commercial yet. We haven't. We haven't. Tell us about your grinder, Jeff. Hey, listen, while I was sick at home, I got calls every day from my buddy Vince from Broadbeck Ironworks. And I tell you what, he is there on board. Broadbeck Ironworks is an awesome. Awesome company. They're our new sponsors. They make a 2x72 grinder. It's super, super versatile and uh, intuitive. They got a long platen, super long platen, long, very adjustable work wrench, uh, work rest. It pivots to be used ho- uh, horizontally and vertically. Tons of attachments are going to be making more attachments that fit on the one arm so you don't have a million arms. It keeps the prices down. Uh, you don't need wrenches to change out your uh, attachments. Um, everything's very intuitive. They're actually going to, they're making uh, new attachments like a surface grinder attachment and, um, a grinding attachment for, um, for integral bolsters, which is really excited, really exciting. I love this machine. I, I had a really good time, uh, with it and talking to them and, and Vince actually reached out to me after I did the first interview, uh, after the first read, uh, when I did the knife talk single, single track. And he said, I made a mistake. And I want to I want to clarify one mistake. And this is a mistake in your favor. I was talking about the shipping. The shipping is included in the price. That's unbelievable. Oh, nice. So that's a good mistake for you. So the shipping's included in the price and if you put in knife talk 5, they're going to give you 5% off the grinders. So go to broadbeckironworks.com. Uh, they're knife makers, making grinders for knife makers, so they understand the problems. And there's so many things to talk about it that um We'll keep going, but it's a definitely great grinder, great company to work with, and I'm super happy that they're on board. BroadbeckIronworks.com.
0: Nice, nice. So, are we going to talk about knives, or have we got anything else to talk about this week? We talk whatever you want. What's what? What's your plans for this week? Let's let's do this now instead of later. What, what what are you planning on doing this week? Anything? I'm planning
2: on hoping. I'm hoping to get back into the shop. I have actually. It's funny, I've been doing, Tony and I have been doing a lot of planning from uh, home, uh, my home and his home, and uh, we're updating our, uh, my website, so I'm going to be able to take order, pre-orders with some new stuff we're going to be dealing with, Um, and I'm actually going to be, I can't, I can't tell you now, but I'm going to be, I'll tell you now, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a, uh, I'm going to be working with Coffee House, and I'm going to have my very own coffee. That we're gonna sell through the peaceful coffee house, and then the money is gonna go to a donation, uh, some sort of charity. So it's gonna be Fader knives. I'll tell you now, it's gonna be Fader knives EDC blend everyday coffee. And we're gonna be making Fader knives everyday coffee. I'm gonna be hitting you motherfuckers up to buy coffee, and then the money's gonna go to some charity, probably some healthcare worker thing, or figure something out. So doing that, and then uh, I got t-shirts I'm working on with uh, local guys that um that I've been working with the local guys making my t-shirts. Uh, and then, uh, I'm going to hopefully get back in the shop Tuesday to get a little bit of
0: work done. Nice. So what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you weren't there for the, uh, the zoom that we did the other week about, um, what you think this is going to do for for your business specifically then about, um, you know, lack of orders maybe, or lack of interest in people buying your, your products. Um, and, and uh, Morocco was on the call as well, but maybe he's had time to think a bit more about this as well. Is is there any strategy that you have? You're going to change things up in any way, or is it just going to just you know see what happens and, and just try to weather that storm?
2: You know, I think that I think that I've always felt like what I've been trying to do has been still very uh, applicable, and that's trying to provide value. My my knives aren't that expensive. especially for first-time collectors, uh, first-time home cooks and stuff like that. I think that the key is is to find something that people can use and they need, and they're also buying a piece of something of of you. So, I mean, I'm going to try to do more with local restaurants. I'm going to be trying to do more with uh, local food guys and teaming up with food guys and stuff like that. I'm just going to keep the same pace. I'm not going to do a whole lot of changing. I mean, I, I do so many different types of knives anyway that it doesn't really matter. I want to focus on something that's more of a, uh, like a workhorse style. Actually the people from edible Hudson Valley who did, they they have a couple magazines and they approached me and Tony and I'm going to be part of um, maybe helping with them in this, this um, kind of like a virtual farmer's market. And they're going to spotlight us Mm -hmm. and we're going to try to, you know, we're going to put more stuff available to buy direct. I'm not going to be doing as much. Uh, I'm going to try to be doing more buying direct. Um, than just waiting six months for stuff like that, um but I mean we're not really we're t- we talk every day. Tony is such a smart. Guy. I'm so lucky to have a guy like Tony uh with me. But I mean we're not gonna we're just gonna we're not gonna have a giant turnaround. You know, I, it, I I'm really we're very we're very optimistic in regards to the way we, my this company is going. So we're gonna make some slight adjustments and stuff like that, but we're gonna focus on. Giving people value, giving something from you know me, and and uh, we're gonna try to
0: make it happen. Well, I'm optimistic and so is he. So good, good, good. What about you, Morocco? I mean, we talked about it briefly the other day on the on the Zoom call. Um, but have you got any strategies going forward? Because obviously your stuff is is sort of higher end with regards to cost and and, and obviously quality. But um, I know you've got a, you know a wait list anyway.
1: So is this going to affect you too much? You know, I think, I think it'll probably have an effect. Hopefully, it's not too devastating. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I mentioned on the Zoom call, I, I am anticipating and just kind of trying to mentally prepare myself for people to, uh, you know, get a hold of me and message and say, "Look, you know, times have changed. There's a lot of chaos happening, and I'm not going to be able to follow through with this order." Um, but I'm, I'm kind of crossing my fingers and. Uh, hoping that a lot, uh, a lot of people who are kind of uh, who can afford to buy my work are also of a group that um, can weather the storm a little easier yeah. than other folks. Um, and I think you know that that's just. A reality um and so I, I will be fortunate in that way you know i <clears throat> I think I've talked about it before about my order list feeling like a blessing and a curse and and lately you know especially in light of the last you know few months uh especially the last month you know I'm feeling very fortunate to have kind of like that job security um and I tr- I just try to keep things in perspective you know the re- when I first started working for Bob Kramer, you know, was right at the end of 2008 after the housing market took a huge shit. And so, um, I'm just trying to keep that in mind that, and I'm not saying I'm Bob Kramer, but I'm definitely, I'm saying that, you know, that kind of people who are looking to buy or collect those higher end, uh, knives. Yeah. Like I said before, can, can weather this a little bit, Hmm. uh, a, a little easier than other folks. And, and still, will have that discretionary income to be able to afford stuff like that. So, uh, my 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 plan right now is just to kind of keep working away at my list. Um, when I can get back into my full shop. Um, but I have been kind of like been thinking about, you know, how do I, how are ways that I can still be, uh, you know, if, if all of a sudden, like worst case scenario, everybody dropped off, what would happen? How would I, you know, how would I be able to do things? And I think. Uh, doing more inform informational or kind of instructional uh, content would be one way. I, you know, I was kind of half joking about um, becoming like a, a, a sharp knife sharpener um, but possibly kind of developing some sort of informational kind of system or program for folks to really, you know, if, you know, there are a lot of makers out there and a lot of them already have the skills and the, in the, and the equipment to do the job of a knife sharpener, but you know maybe not everybody necessarily has the know-how or or the refined skills and and knowledge about metallurgy and all that kind of stuff to to really put that to use and develop a business out of it. And so maybe trying to help people do that in a way and developing a, a kind of like a knife sharp uh, a knife sharpening program in a way. Um, but that's th- these are all just very kind of like broad stroke, as Jeff would say ideas you know i haven't really spent a whole lot of time refining them yet um but yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at it's just kind of kind of rolling with it as it goes um but i do think it is important to try to anticipate where things might ultimately go um as best as you can but uh, which is basically kind of preparing for the worst and hoping for the best yeah um yeah. but yeah that's i I'm really want to focus on trying to be,
2: you know, I always talk about efficiency is trying to figure out ways I can be much more self-reliant and efficient. You know, I do my, I cut everything out, but maybe I could be cutting them out easier. You know, I think that there are going to be opportunities to try to, you know, I don't know, water jet or laser, laser jet or laser cutting or something like that. I think that there's going to be some, I want to try to mechanize my, my process so I can try to pass on value. Like I, I don't, I don't talk about like 10% off here, 15% off there. I want to provide value. Yeah. So I'm going to try to figure out ways in which I can give someone saying, oh, well, look, you know, you know, I might be doing much more, you know, I might be doing more uh, paintings and stuff like that. I might be doing more um, additions to what I'm already doing. I know that we're working on a couple of knife. Uh, Tony has been like, he's been unbelievable. He's been amazing. And he, we, we're working with this uh, chef, Trevor Conk, and we're going to be doing the sandwich knife. And we're, gonna, we're already talking about, you know, linking it up to some sort of food relief, you know, or something like that. So I really want to be involved more in uh, everything I do having a value, not only to you. When you buy my knives, you get one of my knives, but some of that money is going to go somewhere that's necessary. So I think that kind of the idea of being helpful in regards to everything I try to do is what is ultimately going to do be the best for me Like i want to li- i want to be linking up with organizations um and try to be helpful to my community you know and, and i think that i think that'll translate into value not only for me but for my customers you know so like the, the, the kind of ethical ethical business business practices yeah, and yeah. ways in which you can kind of like you know like perfect example perfect example and this is you know so i wanted to get some pizza for the the police officers these guys are good dudes you know they're they're working hard he's still
0: trying hard. to get out of this ticket just pay the ticket just you let Jeez. me finish the fucking story if we get a
2: little bastard you so so <laughs> i i thought two birds with one stone i'm gonna buy pizza from my friend's restaurant because because he's you know and then i'll tip tip big and i'll bring all that pizza to the fucking police department so it was it was like i got hit too like my, my my guys needed to get, you know 100 bucks for the pizza and then the the police like the pizza, and I'm telling you, I'm working on that fucking ticket. They said to me, they sent me a message saying, "Oh, thanks for the pizza. This is great. Is there anything we can do for you? Let us know." And I'm like, "Oh, don't worry. I'll bring you more pizza. Just uh, you know, I got a little ticket. I need you to deal with this fucking thing. You know, just
0: if you could just you know." The dead body in the basement. You know? That's coming kind later. Of yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm
2: gonna fucking see. I mean, I I've paid. I've paid for half the ticket already in pizza. You know, it's like. <laughs> Well, I mean, just I'm gonna give him some more pizza and then I'm gonna just keep reminding him like, you know, just remember that thing. Don't just, you know, let it go. Let it go. But I think that I think that ultimately, I mean, that's what is going to help be helpful. The the idea of being helpful in your community and being I mean, I got my one friend, he he drops off he drops off fucking bags of food all the time. Every week he drops off food. I don't even ask for it. He's dropped off fucking 10 pound bags of fucking Navy beans. I got Navy beans until my fucking eyeball up to my eyeballs. And he said to me, I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And they dropped some beer off. And I was like, Oh, is there any way I can pay for this? He's like, no, no, no. You've done enough. You don't have, Or or He's all, I'll let you, I'll make you pay later. And I was like, Oh, can I pay in Navy beans? Like he gave me a lot of fucking Navy. You want some Navy beans?
0: <laughs> I make sandbags. these goddamn Navy beans. You know, it's interesting what you said about being um, more um, self sufficient with regards to your making as well, and that and that's the one sort of bottleneck that I, that I've seen over the last sort of month. Um, whereas other places are completely shutting down. You know, I'm having I'm forced to shut down for that reason. You know, I've right. got knives I need to get out, but I'm having to shut down because other people are shut down. So yeah, I think going forward, that's something that I'll be changing um so the, at the moment i outsource i i cut up my blanks my profiles they're laser cut or water jet cut whichever whichever service i use um but yeah being able to do that in-house would allow me to at least continue working um getting new customers that's that's a, that's a new that's a different thing but at least i'll be able to you know work on current orders and you know maybe you know work on experimental stuff prototyping stuff as well so yeah i think going forward that's one thing that's that'll that'll change for me um, um, there's
2: going to be a need for something that you can make. Yeah. And you just have to figure out what that is. You know, it might not be, you know, like, you know, it might not be oyster knives. It, they're, they're, you, you, there's going to be a need for something. I'm convinced. And and I think that you're going to have to just start to use your heads and say, like, what is something that somebody's going to need? And how can I, how can I do it? And I, and I, I'm convinced that, I'm convinced that the people are going to be looking for something of value. Yeah. You know, Mm. and I'm also convinced that the new generation of the Rockefeller name is now the Purell name. So if or like, you know, like uh, the, Oh, look who's here at the Purell family's here. Everybody watch out. You know, speaking of which friends of mine uh, in the restaurant business were ordering supplies. And obviously you got to get a lot of hand sanitizer. They talked to their dealer who makes, who also makes hand sanitizer, and they said they sold six years worth of hand sanitizer in one month. Jeez, can wow. you imagine six years in one month?
0: Well, I know a lot of the breweries in the UK—they're now making the hand sanitizer as well because yeah. it's the alcohol that they, that they, you know. Waste product for that yeah, there's Some well of that too. Some especially. of
2: that bullshit beer anyway. I'm not surprised. I mean, they're probably just turning. They're probably, even turning <laughs> oh, it they're probably not even turning off the fucking pond. It's just all right, here it is. Fucking <laughs> put it in your hands. Uh... hasn't
0: changed at all has some of that swill. Do you know well, we're talking about building value. Um, and um, do you know what's good value? Come on. Abrasives
1: make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get fifteen percent off with the promo code Knife Talk fifteen.
0: Do it now. And they are still shipping too, so if you're if you're you're stuck in the house, you're stuck in your shop, um, you can still get belts and you can still make stuff. So yeah, go take a look at combatabrasives.com and remember to use knife talk fifteen for your fifteen percent off.
2: And shout out to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you been watching his awful videos? <laughs> and his little little pony. He looks like he is about to choke those horses. <laughs> he's about to choke those fucking oh horses. <laughs> he did the... I, yeah, Lulu. Right. And he's looking at him again. fuck it, or are you going to chill? can't kill it. <laughs> I like the fact that he did this video on washing his hands, and he's staring yeah. intently at his little dog. Hey, Cherry, you wash your hands? Oh, is that doing a nice job? Right. You know, you just waiting for him to like, bite down that dog or something. He's like crazy. Uh, you see the one where he's riding around on his bicycle chasing those dumb little horses around his house? No, I've only seen the he's one with the
0: horses come into his house and he's feeding them carrots or something at the dining table. Crazy. Ever since he fucked the, the maid, he's even off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> right then, let, let's do this finally.
2: Hey man, can I ask you a question? Where do you get your... Oh no, we're not doing that too <laughs> 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 oh hey man can i ask you a question this is the quite is the time of the show where we i mean we answer some of your questions and uh you know if you follow us on instagram knife talk podcast you can dm us your questions and we'll try to answer them we've even got a jingle for that contact us via dm at knife talk on instagram it's that <laughs> well. easy oh that easy i'm gonna start i'm gonna jump down because i'm seeing one that i've been wanting to ask for answer for quite a while and it's from our buddy ben snore Ben there's a good dude man he had a real cowboy he uh he says i'm gonna read it out should i read it like in his voice his deep texas voice yeah hey man when we have to start dressing up mad max style what materials does the Knife Talk podcast recommend for a cod piece? <laughs> Copper would certainly be eye-catching, but carb- carbon fiber would be nice and light. So we're in the post-apocalyptic <laughs> world, and Ben Stern wants to know what you got covering your dick.
0: I think you've got to get a vacuum former and get some of that oh. plastic, and you know, form it so it fits well. You know, yeah. show, show what you pack into the world. Wait a second, the way to go with
2: the vacuum formers for what?
0: To, to get a good fit. So you, you over you... that penis? You gonna vacuum the... form over the penis? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. You going to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> happy Easter, motherfuckers. Yeah. I've, I've lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so we still haven't gotten to a knife question, which is which is pretty good. That's fine. Let's,
0: see if we can do it's the whole show.
2: Easter Let's... Easter, relax, everybody. Let's see Come what questions there. we've got here. Well okay. wait, I can't answer the question. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, you know, I, I, I used to have to wear I used to hate wearing a a a a, uh, a cup in a jock strap because it, it hurt the sides of my legs. So I, I think I'd probably just wear the jock strap and hopefully I'm not and wear pants and not have to worry about <laughs> a cod piece because I don't see the need. Why can't we just wear pants and protect our genitals? Good answer. All right. here <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> we go. You
1: gotta
0: work on that thigh gap.
1: Uh,
2: well, yeah,
0: you gotta work on. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another non-knife related question nice. is: What kind of music are you guys listening to when you're in the shop? Anything you're into lately, Marek, Let's start with you.
1: Uh let's see. I I listen to a lot of Pandora, and I I would say either my tribe called Quest uh, stations pretty good or. Uh, Al Green, usually Al Ooh. Green, really gets me in a good groove for for work. Nice mm, little soul, yeah. little soul yeah. is
2: nice. I can't get I can't yeah. get to work with soul. Dude, that's for that's nighttime. I
0: like the nighttime
2: is the right time for some soul. What do you listen to, Craig?
0: Oh. When I'm in the shop, I generally don't listen to music because uh, it's normally podcasts. So I find the music would just get you into rhythms and all the rest of it. But um what I've been listening to all this week is I've, I've always been into sort of 90s sort of British guitar music. Um, and there's there's a band called The Charlatans around about then. And Tim Burgess, who's the the sort of the lead singer of the band, every night on Twitter, he's doing a, a Twitter listen-along. Um, so he'll pick a classic album from the 90s, <clears throat> like a British uh, guitar-based band. Um, everybody presses play at the same time. But they get members of the band then to tell you little facts about the the recordings, you know what mm. they were doing around those times, and little sort of <clears throat> excuse me, I got a hell of a chest on me. Oh uh, yeah, you, <sighs> yes, you do have a hell of a chest on you. Uh uh-huh. um, But, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they'll be given you sort of you know inside information about you know when they were recording it and little you know little backstories to the songs and so on. And it's just really good. And, and I think part of it is just because you know there's tens of thousands of other people listening at the same time and you're getting these facts through. And I, I, I don't know, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, yeah, Tim Burgess listening party is the hashtag. And um, if, that's you're great. In, if you're into sort of British 90s music, that's, uh, it's, it's really good. Really good. Huh. What about you, Jeff?
2: I I usually listen to, I have Sirius XM and I, I when I'm, I usually listen to, uh, to Howard Stern and he's been incredible by the way, in, in, uh, in uh, quarantine, he's been going from his, uh his, his basement. He's been really kind of neat. He's been, zooming from his basement has been great but when I'm listening to music I usually listen to classic vinyl and um but I really have gotten into uh there's a there's an old uh, there was a like an, a 90s grunge station that I like very much I, I you know I grew up in the, in the you know listening to a lot of grunge and Chris Cornell I just love Chris Cornell but um oh, yeah. right now I can I can do all the time anytime all the time Rolling Stones Almond Brothers. And lately, I've been really getting into the band. Like, and it's maybe a little bit morbid, but like, um, "I shall be released" has been like the song I've been like yeah. listening to a lot. It's super like, all right, all right this is ready for my funeral. This is the funeral <laughs> song right here. And, um, but uh, yeah, the Stones. I can listen to the Stones any day of the any hour or the day of the week, and I like the deep stuff. You know, like the
0: deep Rolling Stones stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Okay, I'm just scanning the questions if there's any more non-knife-related questions. Um, (laughs) Tretton Knives, Tretton Knives. Um, After all the food talk on the podcast recently, how long until the KTP cookbook? (laughs) Can you imagine?
2: I'm not going to joke because, you know, Tony used to be, he was one of the best chefs in New York. He was the executive chef at Oriole. It was a three-star restaurant guy's a high-level chef and he and i've been talking about doing and he actually helped write cookbooks before he did cookbooks and he and i've always talked about doing a cookbook together i've known him 20 years so we've actually talked about it and thought about it and we have an idea for for one but the problem is is these cookbooks none of them make any money it's like all these cookbooks it's just you're just throwing money into a fire <laughs> it's really like he's like it's so hard to sell and make I mean, books in general. I mean, totally, books in general oh, yeah. are like, if you don't make them yourself, it's just. I mean, it's such a labor, and the, the cookbook business in general, it's it's such a it's such a money loser. Yeah,
0: but it's just saturated. Uh, There's just so much of it.
2: Yeah, I I mean, we talk. I mean, he and I talk about it all the time. He and I wanted to do something. We're gonna do a. I mean, I'm supposed to do a watercolor book anyway. But uh, I, I like recipes I like recipes and and kind of you know I've actually threw a pile of stuff on my my highlights on Instagram just to kind of have them around oh, like but God. uh yeah but I, I like I, I honestly I like the quarantine cooking I like when people are doing the cooking I'll tell you who was really good and you guys should follow him he's a friend of uh, tomers and uh Fergus uh Fergus uh Fingles is this guy by the name of Nick Solaris Nick Solaris he actually was a good friend with Carl Ruiz and he's an English guy living in New York and he, he does the food for eater magazine I think it is. I think he's like the guy, the main guy. He's been doing all this cooking in his apartment and he did a traditional English fry up on Saturday mornings. and it's like in, in, in his kitchen he'll do it live and it was a lot of fun watching that. you know
0: yeah it has been nice actually to see uh, obviously a lot of chefs got time on their hands at the moment. Um, and they, yeah, they're just putting stuff out. You know, they're you know a lot of chefs are known for certain recipes, and they're, and they're sharing them and answering questions from people. So yeah, it, it is nice to see that. But, um, That's great. I put up the the classic B E C, the great B E C. All these so good. I liked it when you when you put it into the the packaging as well to let it sweat a bit as well.
2: All oh. right, so I'm going to tell you what, oh. the bacon, egg, and cheese <laughs> is a New York thing, and it's like they have it in other places. But this is a bodega style. You go into a shitty bodega, in like you know, and and what it is is it's a it's a shitty kaiser roll, and they do a fried eggs with bacon and cheese, and then you put in the in the in the kaiser roll, and then they wrap it up. And by the time you've gone wherever you need to go, the inside steams the kaiser roll, and the, and it's just got the perfect bite. So I do I used to my daughter and I used to go travel around to find out where you get the best bacon egg and cheese and we've started raiding places in our area and 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 i made one and i started getting messages from chefs i get that's the correct way to do it and then you deal with all these guys from new jersey talking about tail you know everyone's giving their two cents and one guy likes duck eggs and the other guy likes you know taylor handle and nonsense but it was a lot of fun to do that and it definitely cheered me up and it cheered a few other people up too
0: there we go. Nice. So there might not be a yeah, KTP awesome. cookbook, but maybe there'll be a, a KTP cook-along.
2: That'd um, be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Why yeah. not? Better than that fucking bullshit uh, uh, omelets we were
0: all doing. <laughs> <laughs> Those weren't good. Those they weren't. They were a little bit rushed, yeah. <laughs> terrible. Um, terrible. Where are we? Um, Anybody, can you see any other questions that don't really relate to now? <laughs> I tell you, while you, while, while you two guys have a look, I'll talk about one of our sponsors, um, which is in DASA USA. They make the best sandpaper. They make Rhino-Wet. Ma- I mean, they make lots of sandpaper, lots of different brands, actually. But Rhino-Wet is the one that I use. I don't know the other guys use. Lots of nightmakers use it because it's good value. You buy that, and it'll last much longer than any other sandpaper that you use in um, it's just really really good stuff so go take a look at indasa usa and they they're all over you know instagram and twitter and the rest of it uh, but you can get it from texas Fire supply um, they they stock you know every grade that they that they do of rhino wet uh, but they also stock lots of other stuff as well so it's not just sandpaper they stock anything that you'll need if you're a, if you're a knife maker so go take a look at texas Fire supply and if you use knife talk 10 you're gonna get 10% off whatever you use, including including RhinoWet. So go take a look, TexasFarriersupply.com.
2: And congratulations on the birth of your child from Texas Farrier Supply. They just had a birth.
0: Really? Oh. A
2: new we have a new farrier in the family. Nice. Somebody had a baby. So congratulations to you.
0: There we go. There we go. Any questions? You can see that. Um... <laughs> there's a
2: there's a non-knife one here that some Perfect. of we're going some of us are gonna be a little old for, but fine. Uh, this is from Mac four hundred one. CD singles or audio cassette singles? Uh, Did you guys ever buy singles? All the oh, time.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I used to spend all my money as a kid on on singles. Um, cassette singles. we we'll tell
2: some of our listeners are like some of our listeners are like fifteen. Uh, Should we tell them what the what a fucking yeah set
0: is? So at the moment, I mean, bands release like um, an album, and you know, everybody you know picks their favorite songs and so on. But what bands used to do, they would release singles, which would like one song, and sometimes they'd have a B side. They'd be they'd be you know a, a song which hasn't been released on an album as a B side. So that was when it was on vinyl, so you'd get two songs. Um, but then CDs come along, so people were releasing sort of three or four songs on on a on a CD. So it'd be a single release. You get your headline song, you then also get these what we call B sides, which were, you know didn't quite make the cut into an album. Um, and i love them because you'd get like you'd get like sleeve notes and you'd get you know the photography and sometimes you'd even get the words to the songs in them as well you know and you'd find out who you know who played harmonica on that song and and all the rest of it all these facts that you just don't get from you know spotify or apple music and that kind of stuff now all that stuff is just gone and they were um, cheaper and they were cheaper you could you could get 299 yeah. you'd get a single and you'd get you get these bonus songs as well but um yeah i mean you know i started buying you know cassette tape, singles, um, and then obviously CDs become more uh, prevalent. And do do you guys remember the the tiny CDs? So because if you bought a single, you wouldn't need the the full circumference of the the full CD. They used to be like these little sort of like two-inch CDs. And, you know, some CD players had this little inner tray of, you know, your CD tray, and you could put the tiny little CDs in. They were cool. They were cool. You know, I like
2: cassettes so much. I love cassettes because I loved how they snapped in. I loved how they would make these clicking noises. I liked that you could put it in your pocket. Hmm. I liked, I loved, and they were smaller than the CDs. I love cassettes. And I I did buy, I did buy, you know what cassette I bought? Who now follows me? I bought House of Pain, Jump Around, Uh and now I got a nice message from Everlast Wishing my wife well. Oh, nice. can you imagine what a fucking what a fucking weird thing! Very sure He's got a kid who's got um, uh, cystic fibrosis. So right. you mm-hmm. know, we're sending him the best. He's a good dude, man. Everlasting good dude, man. He's he's, he's going through the ringer his, with his kids, and his house got burned down during those fires. And he's just a you know good dude. So oh. but I did buy his sing. I definitely bought Jump Around. Yeah.
0: Did anybody have mini discs?
1: No, yeah, no. I- I, I remember going to, uh, I think it was Camelot Music, and I'd go pick out CDs. Like, the they had the, the singles section of all the CDs, and I think one of the last ones I got was, like, <laughs> it was, like, in eighth grade or something like that. It was, it was uh, like, Puff Daddy and Mace, or it was, like, Casey and JoJo <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about sing- CDs. Oh. I mean, it sounded
2: better, but it's, everything seemed like it was more work <clears throat>
0: For me, it's like everything else in life. If I'm into something, I need to be like 100% into it. So if there was a band I liked, I needed to have everything that they ever did, you know, and they, you know, mm. rare sort of Japanese singles that they'd released, you know, with different really? people, with different. Yeah, I, I've always been like that. If I'm into something, I'm 100% and, until the next shiny thing comes along, then it, you know, it's forgotten. So That's... you
2: were like a collector.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my walls were full of CDs as as, as a kid, and you know, I I was I was the weird kid who just you know stay in stay in his room with headphones on, listening to music all day. Um, Yeah, but it's funny how you mentioned tape. Then you know, I used I used to love tapes, but the thing with tapes was like you know, like a VHS. The more you watched it, the more it degrade. You know, and I I used to hate that. So you'd have these like pristine. You know songs that you that you love, but you knew every time you listened to it, you, was, you were tarnishing it a little bit, and it would get worse and worse and worse.
2: Yeah, but the CDs you'd lick them if they got sludge sh- slug on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking hated that. I was <laughs> like thought, a Nintendo oh God, cartridge, I... you'd blow on it. Yeah, it was like that with the CD. What
2: yeah. am I doing? What am I doing? I'm licking the fucking CD. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated that.
0: Yeah, I oh, remember no. once, I mean, talking about, you know, that uh, um, things degrading if it's analog as opposed to digital. I remember once it was, it was a project that I did. I made a website, and um, the more people visited the website, the more it would degrade, so the images would get more pixelated and so on. It was just like this weird little project. And... Yeah, anyway, side-tracking, side-tracking. Any more questions which aren't knife-related? Oh...
2: Uh... Ah, uh, you know what? We got a nice message here from Sam Hill Knives. Not so much a question, but a statement. I'm a firefighter paramedic as my day as my day job, and I just wanted to thank you guys for getting the word out about staying isolated and doing whatever you can do to be helpful. I'm on the front lines of things, and it is as serious as they say. I've seen people firsthand that are infected, and it is no joke. I appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast and your public outreach. Keep up the amazing work and stay safe. Nice, Sam Hill knives. There you go. Look at that. Words to live by. Nice thing to say. I've
0: got another one here, non knife related. Summit and C Smith in Um, the best new movie out to rent or buy, and what is the one movie or TV show that you'll never get tired of? Morocco. Great
1: question. Great question. Uh, Movie or TV show I'll never get tired of. Hmm. I think movie wise, I've always, I love uh, The Breakfast Club. I've probably seen that movie a couple hundred times. And every time I, I love it just as much as the last time or the really? first time, even. Yeah. John I've Hughes. Seen, huh? I've, I didn't really yeah, I love John this? Hughes stuff.
2: Wow. Very good. What about Ferris Bueller? You like Ferris Bueller? Oh, yeah. Yes. Very Do you much. know what? You know, when I was a kid, my uncle took me to Ferris Bueller and he thought the name was Phoebe Bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god i'm not kidding he's like we're gonna see that movie phoebe bunghole and i'm like what no phoebe bunghole fifi no fifi bunghole he thought it was fifi bunghole I'm like yeah i don't know what you're talking about but i certainly want to go see fifi bunghole oh jeez
0: <laughs> breakfast club good choice good choice uh, That's a good one yeah where you got jeff
2: i'd say t- i can watch fucking i i, I said this on I-, I can watch the goodfellas and the casino I can watch the casino and Goodfellas all the time. I love those movies. I think they're just, I think they're just, They're just so they, they catch you and they, and they hold on to you. I like that. Um, for sure. Those two movies for sure. Yeah. It's hard to turn. It's hard to turn
0: those off. Yeah. It's, it, mm. They're how I imagine in my naive little brain, how New York is all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, I the, tell these you wise guys stabbing each other in the eye with pens and so on.
2: Uh, I've never really seen that before, but fine. <laughs> I, I tell you, I'll tell you one thing. If you want to have a good time, and my wife and I did this when we first moved into New York together. We first in our first apartment, we rented the big night, and we cooked dinner alongside while they were cooking, like made big Italian food. Mm. That is mm. a fun thing to do. And the other thing, my, my my wife has been my wife and kid have been watching Moonstruck a lot, and there are all these little funny moments. There are all these just funny moments. Johnny Camerari, I don't like him. I don't like his fucking face. We I mean, like all that shit. I love that <laughs> stuff. It's fucking good nice <laughs> nice but i could use some tv recommend i could use some netflix and and uh, amazon prime recommendations because you know
0: yeah, uh, i gotta get I'm gotta- i have gonna sign something i haven't seen anything for a while now um but yeah tv that i'll never get tired of or a movie um back to the future every single time i watch it oh yeah it- there's just something else and like you can go down this whole rabbit hole online where people say, "Have you seen this little bit? Have you seen this? You know, and if, if that happened, this doesn't happen." And it, I love it. So the the very first Back to the Future, I think I think they sort of stretched it out a little bit after that. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, it's a classic.
2: Absolutely. We've been watching my. I've been introducing my daughter to Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm. and she loves it. But she keeps saying, "You're just like that guy. Like, Why don't you do the same thing? You've done you've done the same things." And we watch The Office a lot.
1: You can do oh. that.
0: I the the British or the American Office.
2: I like them both, but I, I think I like the I think the American one's very good.
0: Yeah, and I like them both equally, but that you know you can't compare. But they're both equally brilliant, and yeah, the characters are just out of this world.
2: Amazing. Ricky Gervais is a funny fucking guy, <laughs> but some crazy. of his shit, some of his shows are some of them are really great, and some of them are
0: terrible. The stand up stuff,
2: yeah, yeah, the stand up's great. You know what? I tell you what, I had his po- his podcasts. I had them all on a, on a, on a, 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 a nano. His fucking podcast with, with, um, Carl. Carl
0: Pilkington, yeah. Fucking
2: <laughs> head like a fucking orange made me laugh so goddamn hard. I, I mean, that is like the, this could be one of the best podcasts of all time.
0: Yeah, it was very, very good.
2: Goddamn. Yeah. Head like a fucking orange. I
0: fucking love that shit. What, great. What, what was his latest show? Um it was on netflix afterlife afterlife yeah it wasn't
2: yeah, really a comedy but pretty I depressing thought, i thought right was yeah, derek
0: wasn't very p-
2: comedy either yeah, derek, yeah. That, was, that was a dicey one i don't know how he slipped through playing a person with was <laughs> learning to dis- say learning to dis- say or a, a, a mentally disabled person i don't know yeah. how he got through that
0: very heartwarming though they were
2: yeah, he, he threaded a, he, he did a uh, feed he, uh, he threaded so he did some tap dancing to make that happen that was crazy, <laughs> totally crazy
0: so I think we're pretty much there with the show. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had a community showcase or a beef. I I just, uh, well, I didn't put too much thought into today's show. To yeah. <laughs> we got that, you know,
2: listen, we all needed this. We all needed this. It doesn't have to all be. Not, we can't talk about plunge lines all the time. No, exactly. I have a community showcase. I want to thank all you motherfuckers. Everybody who reached out to me. I got, fun- I tell you what, shout out to the ABS because I got two phone calls from Master Bladesmith's wanting to know how my wife was Josh Smith was about to he was about to burn my house down to send me food. I told him you can't do it. he was he and my Quizenberry and I got you guys everyone mm-hmm. sent us such wonderful messages and it was really really nice and I really appreciate it and look, you know what it, we're gonna get through this and as a team and we're gonna figure this all out. but I want to thank you all because it was real nice super nice.
0: Cool cool. Yeah. Go on. Sorry, your community showcase. Was was there anybody? I was everybody. Just everybody. Fucking
2: everybody. There we go. I, I can't just say one person. Oh, everybody. actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back to um actually based on what you were doing, and it was going to be about uh last the last episode we we're going to do. I had um uh maker w- makers workshop LLC. And it's a, and it's uh it's similar to what you're doing right now, and I learned about them through Make Everything Shop. That's Chris's app. Yeah. And what they're doing is is they were the ones who were helping to promote um using 3D printers to make those head headsets for uh the, or, for the
0: shields, yeah.
2: For the, shield. the shields. And if you go to uh prusa dot org, prusa dot yeah. They have the file so you can for making the headsets if you have a 3D printer. So I just, you know, um, the guys over at Makers Workshop LLC have been amazing. And then there are all these other PPE for NYC. There are all these people trying to get PPE to, to hospitals and you, you, you Craig making those things and, and Chris Sepp for Chris Sepp did a real good video on how you can be helpful and, yeah, and, um, you know, look, we all got to just keep. Trudging forward, and these people are trudging forward. We have to keep going forward, and these all these guys are, you know, making up making making things right. And I appreciate it.
0: If anybody is printing um, face shields, make sure you do use the designs from PrusaPrinters.org, um, and there's, there's a couple of sort of variations on it as well. I mean, I'm using one without their logo on, and there's a, a few little changes uh, simply because um, those designs they've been approved by the. I think it's the like the Czechoslovakian um health board or something like that whereas at the moment people are just you know designing their own and um hospitals are like well you know we're not sure if we should be using these because they haven't passed any sort of certifications and stuff uh, but this one has it may be czechoslovakian but it is some sort of certification so um you're sort of covering your back just a little bit so yeah just just something to think of
2: but um, i also think that makers workshop llc on instagram they're also helping get the material for the face shields
0: yes yes there's that, basically there's, there's links to lots of stuff on there and they've got the like templates for drilling and all sorts so yeah if, if you do have access to a 3d printer or or a laser cutter um you you can help in some way so go take a look at uh, yeah good idea prusa That's a show, and we managed to not answer a single question about knives, which is is pretty (laughs) good. This life talk, bitches. (laughs) Life talk, bitches. Nice. So, anyway, that is the show. I think um, I'm going to do a a Zoom um, thing on Tuesday night. Um, So if anybody listening um, would want to be involved in that, uh, DM us. um, Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Yes, and the first fifteen, guy. the first fifteen, um, we'll get invites to the to the Zoom call. Um, but yeah, and I'll come up with you know the odd question, something that we can all mull over together.
2: Are you going to do a quiz again?
0: <sighs> Possibly.
2: So does that mean that that Tomer's got to be back to defend his title, man? Oh
0: man, he took that so seriously. <laughs>
2: he's a bad motherfucker. Like he, said, he is. I'm slippery. Jewish.
0: He's not going to lose. Oh, he's the. Bi- <laughs> no, no, that
2: wasn't it. It was because you asked the question. It was like the question was where it was, and Frank from. Ah, and and oh, he's geez. like, I gotta know this. I'm fucking Jewish, of course. I thought that I was, was what it was. I mean, Marekka, you said Paris, and then and then and then Tomer <laughs> slipped, and he's just like, they're gonna take away, they're gonna take away my my uh, circumcised penis if I don't get this <laughs> one right. <laughs> they weld away. the tip back on. <laughs> put the fucking weld the tip back on. <laughs> we are going to weld the tip back on.
0: Okay, there's our quote for this episode. We're going to weld the tip back on. We shall speak to you all again next week. Goodbye. Knife wrong talk. Oh, wrong word. <laughs> Goodbye.
2: Well oh, That was fun.
0: Professional as ever. <laughs> that was fun.